Blog Talk Radio. John Luke, good, good, good. Uh, welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Pula, and my guest today is John Luca Russo, and he's going to talk about his passion for fashion. So, John Luca, you're uh, you're in your early twenties. What made you so excited about fashion? What was it about fashion that you fell in love with? Yeah, I think what really drew me to fashion uh, in this industry and, and working in media was really discovering this kind of transformative power that comes with clothing. And I think so often clothing is kind of minimalized into just being about what you wear. But I think in a lot of cases, um, especially in mine, it really helped me kind of find my inner confidence and to become the person that I wanted to be. And so I loved, you know, over the years getting to dress up and try new styles, and it really helped me kind of just to come into my own through the lens of style. So you moved from Albany down to, to uh, the Phoenix area, Arizona. Do people dress differently down there than they would up here? Yeah, definitely. It's a completely different market. I would say, of course, the temperature plays a big role in that. It's a lot hotter here. So you don't see as many coats um, and kind of the fall and winter fashion that we see in Albany. But there's still a a lot of kind of the the simple clothing. It's definitely um, kind of laid back here, similar to Albany. You know, Albany, you don't have a lot of high fashion or a lot of high styles that you see in the big cities. And that's true for here as well. But I would say the difference is kind of the the temperature-based clothing um, and a lot more kind of stuff that's conducive to the heat here. So living in Albany, there wasn't the high fashion that you enjoyed. How did you how did you get your feel of high fashion? Did you go to the city? Did you meet people? How did you how did you get into this particular area? A lot of it was going down to New York. I would go down to the city about every other week, um, a few times a month. And I would meet with people who worked in the fashion industry, whether it was editors or influencers or models. And I would just learn more and kind of immerse myself in that culture and in the fashion industry as much as possible, especially when I was in college and I was studying to work in this industry. I would go down as often as possible to really get a better feel for it because it is so different than Albany, even though it's only, you know, two and a half, three hours apart. It's a completely different culture and a completely different fashion landscape. And so I would do everything I could to immerse myself in there. And then when I wasn't in New York City um, and I was back in Albany, you know, in college, I would read fashion magazines every day and scour the Internet and follow people online. And I really tried my best to become this kind of uh, this fashion person who living in New York City even before I was there to really kind of immerse myself in it. So what college did you go to? I went to, first I went to Schenectady County Community College for my first two years, and then I transferred to UAlbany for my last year and a half. So you, you did you ever apply, like, maybe to the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City? I didn't. I never actually really applied to colleges other than when I applied to transfer to UAlbany. I, when I started college um, back at SECC in 2015, 
I didn't really have an interest in fashion, and that wasn't really my plan. So I was studying law at first, and that was kind of my career path that I saw. And very quickly, I knew that that wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, and so that's when I kind of started writing. And through writing is how I found fashion. And so by the time I switched to UAlbany, and I, uh, right before I switched to UAlbany, when I was deciding where to transfer to, um, instead of applying to FIT and Parsons and these other fashion schools, I was already working at some of the fashion magazines, and I was freelancing for Teen Vogue and a few other places. Um, and so I just applied to Albany because it seemed like a more safe and kind of middle ground thing, as opposed to if I'd gone to FIT or Parsons or one of the fashion institutes, it would have been a lot more work. Um, and because I was already kind of working in the industry, I needed something that wasn't going to be as challenging and would be a little less demanding so that I had the time to continue to work. So, um, boy, it's a big change from Albany to Arizona. What made you make the switch? Yeah, a very big change, and definitely one that has been much difficult, uh, much more difficult than I uh, anticipated. Um, my parents uh, moved out here, and my older brother and his family are out here. And so I came out here last November, about a year ago now, to focus on some bigger work projects. And, of course, a lot of that got thrown away because of the pandemic and things changed. But ultimately, I wanted to work on a book, uh, and that's what I'm doing now. And so I moved out here to have the space to kind of focus on that. And I'm glad I came out here when I did, or else I would have been stuck alone in New York through the pandemic. So in hindsight, it was definitely a good choice to make. So what's your book going to be about? Yeah, my book is called The Power Plus. It comes out in um, 2022, and it is about the plus-size fashion industry and particularly about the women who have created this industry over the past 30 years. Um, And it really talks about the power of inclusive fashion and why the industry needs to be more inclusive going forward and how exactly they can do that. When you you lived in Albany, did you feel kind of, frustrated over the fact that nobody really dressed up fashionably. I mean, we, we, Albany is the state capital, you know, the seat of government. But did you ever see really decked out ladies or gentlemen wear things that you you thought were really cool? Um, not really, and that definitely became frustrating to me, especially in college as I started to work in fashion. I felt a lot of times, um, as I kind of built on my own style and would go out and, and dress more fashionably and kind of the way I wanted to present myself, um, I definitely felt like I kind of stood out from the other people. And I think, you know, Albany, even though, you know, it is the capital, um, it's far different than New York City in terms of culture, and a lot of that culture is fashion-oriented. And so even kind of the fashion basics that you see in New York City, um, you don't even see those in Albany. So it's it's much different what people wear, the styles, even the clothes, you know, the store options that we have um, are far different than the ones that we have down in New York City. So um, it definitely became frustrating to me uh, just because I felt kind of a little out of place as I was becoming more part of the fashion industry and developing my own style. I definitely felt different than everyone else, and I felt like I was building something that no one else kind of cared about in a sense. And that was definitely frustrating, but that's why I'm kind of glad I got to go down to New York all the time to kind of continue to get that inspiration and continue to learn more about the fashion industry because it was so accessible only being, you know, three hours away. So when you would come back to Albany, did you try to 
inspire others to become more knowledgeable about how people in New York City were dressing? And if you did, what was the reaction? Uh, yeah, I mean, within my kind of like inner circle of friends and even in the, when I was at UAlbany and, and working in Albany, I definitely tried to give people fashion tips whether or not they kind of asked for them. And, um, yeah, I think people were definitely interested, uh, you know, especially my friends. And we definitely had some good times shopping and dressing up and taking photos and all of that. So um, I definitely kind of took the things I was learning in New York City and, and in the fashion industry and brought it up to my home in Albany, but in a lot of cases, you know, it was fun for those people, but it wasn't their life, you know, it's much different in Albany, there's much less of a fashion scene in Albany, and so for the majority of people there, they might have liked fashion and seeing the styles, but it just wasn't something that played a huge role in their life, so it wasn't a priority in the same way that it was for me. So from Albany to New York City, were there any areas that were pretty knowledgeable about fashion that you would hang out with, or did you go from Albany to New York City and there was nothing in between? Um, You know, I don't really know. I didn't really stop along the way. I think I kind of just always wanted to be in New York City, and that's kind of all I cared about, especially in college, and so that's kind of the only place I set my eyes on, the only place I would visit. I think as you get closer down to the city, you're going to see more influence from New York City's fashion culture, and I think even kind of the basics you see, how people would dress going to work and things like that, you'll definitely see that the closer you get to the city, especially if you look at kind of like Westchester County and, and, you know, the places uh, within 45 minutes to an hour outside the city. Um, So I think the closer you get, the more you'll see it. But um, for the full experience, I think you have to be in New York City. Okay. So when you first started going to New York City, did it kind of blow you away? Were you like, oh, wow, this is great? Yeah, I think I definitely started experiencing that once I really went into kind of the the fashion community there. I think I grew up going to New York City a lot, and so I always kind of had this love for it. Um, And any time I went, it kind of felt very mesmerizing in a sense. But it really clicked when I started being able to go to fashion events and meet with fashion people and go to magazine offices. Um, And I remember that, you know, the first day I went to a magazine office, and I think it kind of felt very natural to me in a sense. It was really inspiring and it was great, but it felt kind of homey in a sense and, and like where I belonged. Um, and I think I felt that in New York up until now. You know, of course, I haven't been there since February because of the pandemic, but anytime I am in New York City, it just really does feel like home. And whether it's at a fashion event or just at a coffee shop, it feels very natural and comfortable in a way that I didn't necessarily feel in Albany or, or you know, the way I feel here as well. I think for some people, myself included, New York kind of is their home because there's just kind of this culture there that it's hard to remove yourself from. What makes uh, the culture, excuse me, the culture in New York City different? You're saying close, but what else is it? I think there's a real passion in New York City that you don't see other places. And I think that comes across really clearly, especially in my own experience, looking at Albany and my life there, you know, I grew up in Albany for the first 21 years of my life. And I think people lacked a lot of passion and a lot of drive. And in New York, it's very, it's very common for everyone to have that. And that's kind of 
the, the foundation for everyone's lives there is having some sort of passion and drive, whether that's fashion or some other field. Everyone kind of has that. And, of course, you hear New York is a lot faster, there's a lot more energy, and that's all true. But I think what really grounds it all is the fact that people in New York City have an immense amount of passion that fills the city and comes across, comes across very clearly to everyone. And that's kind of really what drew me to it. I've always been a very passionate person and a very driven person. Um, and that's why I kind of felt so compelled to be in New York and so comfortable once I got there. Do you think uh, New York City is the true melting pot? Yeah, I, I, I do. I definitely think, you know, it is my favorite city. I've been to many of them. Um, and I, I do feel like it is that. I think now, of course, um, we're seeing some changes to that. You know, there's a lot of uh, gentrification in the city and, and you know, a, a lot of things are happening to the cultures there to divide them. And I think that's really unfortunate to see. But I think at its heart, New York City really is that melting pot. And it really is such a great place to be when you want to kind of encompass all these cultures. So uh, you write more than, like, models. Um, what kind of stuff do you write, and for what publications do you write for? Yeah, I work at Teen Vogue primarily, and then I run a column at Nylon Magazine, and I primarily write about fashion and culture, so I'll do a lot of celebrity stuff, um, whether it's celebrity style or beauty, makeup, those kind of things. And then I do a lot of interview and bigger features as well. So I'll kind of dig into deeper topics, whether it's something fashion-related, like inclusivity at New York Fashion Week, talking to some of the models there, um, or if it's something that's unrelated to fashion but still in the realm of diversity and inclusivity, and that's kind of where I work the most. So at Nylon, uh, my column really focuses on size inclusivity and, you know, plus-size uh, kind of lifestyle, and so we break topics like weight discrimination and, you know, uh, weight discrimination in the workplace, in the medical industry, in the insurgency agency, um, and diet culture, and those kind of things at Nylon. So all the work I do kind of is under the realm of inclusivity, uh, but it all kind of stems into fashion and culture and some entertainment as well. Do people up here in Albany know a lot about your writing? Um, you know, I don't, I don't entirely know. I think I started writing when I was in college. Like I said, I wasn't writing before that. And so by that time, most of my friends in Albany were in college in other places. And I was down in New York all the time. So I think I really kind of more established myself in New York City. I think there are, are, are people in Albany who do know me, of course, people who I met and who are in my inner circle. And I worked at places like the Times Union. So I was able to meet people there. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think a lot of people don't know exactly what I write about, which is going back to kind of this topic of inclusivity and diversity. And I think in Albany, it might seem a little weird for people why my entire job is focused on that, whereas in New York, it's kind of normal, in a sense, to have an entire job that's focused in inclusivity. Um, in Albany, I think it's still maybe a little hard for people to understand exactly what I do 1,000% um, other than kind of the basic, which is just writing at Teen Vogue. Um, but I think in New York City, they have a better grasp of what I do. Um, in Albany, I think it's maybe a little surprise to some people when they hear it. Uh, but, you know, it, it's just part of me starting writing later in life when I was already kind of moving out of Albany. So at the Times Union, did you write about fashion? 
at the time, Jenny, I did a little about fashion, but I did mostly entertainment. I worked in the features department. I was an intern there um, my first year of college. And so I did features across entertainment, and I did some fashion um, and a lot of music stuff. So that was kind of my focus there, and I was only there for the summer. But I you know, developed a lot of great relationships there, and it really kind of solidified my desire to work in media when I was there. Mm-hmm. So do you write for more than one publication? Yes, I do. I primarily am at Teen Vogue. That's kind of my day job. Um, But I do write for um, a handful of other ones. I used to write for a lot more. I would write for GQ, Glamour, and Style. Yes. so I, w- I would write for a lot more, but now I um, I kind of focus it down to Teen Vogue and, and Nylon are my focuses. Okay, okay. And um, you must meet a lot of exciting people. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's definitely a perk of it is getting to meet great people. Um, it's definitely, of course, harder now that I can't travel or go to events because of the pandemic. But before that, um, at Fashion Weeks and at different events, I would get to, to meet people. Um, and, and in the interviews I do, too, even on the silver phone, I get to speak to some great people as well and have really great conversations with them. So when you when you write for your magazines, I mean, that could be distributed throughout the country and distributed throughout the world. You basically interact with people in Arizona now, or do you meet people from all over the country or all over the world? Um, I would say definitely all over the country. I think that's one of the great part of working in fashion right now is that everything is, of course, so digital. Um, And so that's what's really great is through, you know, the work that I do through my writing, but also kind of my social media presence and all of that, I get to Um, meet people from all over the country and some throughout the world too, but I would say primarily the United States and get to connect with them and see what it's like in their towns and get their experiences um, and and get a better understanding of of what life is like throughout the country. Because I think so often, especially in fashion, we focus so much on the bigger cities, but really with social media, we're able to connect with people um, in all different parts to learn about what their experiences are like and what their life is like kind of through this lens of fashion. How do you think fashion, uh, I'm sorry, how do you think technology has changed fashion? Yeah, I think it's completely kind of changed the landscape of fashion, and I think it still is currently doing that, you know, as we speak. I think, you know, it's allowed designers to really connect with their audience in a way that wasn't possible before. It's allowed fashion to become much more accessible um, and diverse as well, and I think there's so many benefits, and I think, you know, of course, social media has its downfalls, but I think technology as a whole has really allowed fashion to become something that more people can have access to, which certainly wasn't the case before this. And, you know, if you think back to The Devil Wears Prada and, and movie depictions like that, it's really, you know, kind of focused on an elite group of people. But I think, you know, while that might be the case in some parts of the industry now. Um, technology has really helped to make fashion more accessible and more inclusive in ways that we really are pushing for every day. Have you seen any fashion shows on on the Internet that excited you? 
Yeah, I think this, um, you know, this past fashion week, everything for the most part was all digital. So I got to watch a lot of them. Um, and I think what really, it's hard to pick kind of a favorite looking back on all of them, but I definitely got to see um, the Sunday runway show in, uh, I believe it was Milan. And it was really great. And they had a really great lineup of models, um, some people that I really admire. Uh, and so I like seeing how, especially during this pandemic, um, with, you know, fashion so challenged in the landscape of fashion being so difficult right now, I love seeing how designers are being really innovative with their collections and, and with the way that they're using technology to bring their brands to the next level and to keep them alive with everything still going on. How has the pandemic affected fashion? definitely, you know, hurt a lot of designers. A lot of people have had to close their labels, which is really discouraging to see. Um, and on the flip side, it's forced a lot of designers to really reevaluate what they're doing, not only with their collections, but with their budgets and what they're spending money on and, and who exactly their their customer is. And I think it's shown a lot of designers that they need to make their collections and their brands more inclusive and accessible, and they need to be really more innovative with what they're doing, because I think before this, fashion was in a rut in a bit, and it was kind of stuck in its old ways, and no one really wanted to change. So I think, of course, while the pandemic has hurt a lot of people, it's also helped a lot of people to see that they really need to change and push forward in order to catch up with the times. And that's what I'm really excited to see in 2021 as well, as we go forward, is how exactly, you know, designers will change and and will be different after the pandemic and how they'll make themselves better. And I think that's what I'm really excited for is this new world of fashion that we're going to see in the next years and and hopefully in the next months as well. So you anticipate all positive stuff once things get back to quote-unquote normal. Yeah, I mean, I think the negatives are already happening right now. You know, like I mentioned, there's a lot of designers who have had to close their businesses, um, and I think that's the the really sad part. And, of course, you know, fashion magazines are challenged. Everyone is kind of really challenged right now. But right now I'm trying to focus on those positives and kind of on the flip side of whatever that new normal is eventually um, and, and seeing where we'll come out from this. And I think, you know, more designers will have to close their brands in the next few months, and, and people have been so heavily impacted Um, And so we definitely want to support them as much as we can, but I'm definitely excited to see what the positives are on the flip side of the pandemic. You know, there's so many people in this country who have just been displaced from their job, and some people have no place to live. They don't have enough food. Do you think all of this is going to affect the – success of fashion? Uh, In other words, do you think that people will will not have as much money to spend after things get back to normal as they did before? Absolutely. I think people will not only have less money, but they'll be much more selective in kind of how they use their money. And I think designers are really trying to understand that now and take that into account when they're designing because things are definitely going to be different. I mean, people not only have less money, you know, so many people have lost their jobs, have taken 
pay cuts um, and, you know, have other expenses now. But people want to, are going to be much more selective in why they buy clothing and kind of the, the messages and, and reasoning behind why they're purchasing certain items. So I think that's definitely something designers have to take into consideration as they kind of pivot to this post-pandemic life that they're trying to plan for. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be uh, the, in, in New York City, that'll hold true in New York City because I think there'll still be a lot of people who have the means to get really lux- luxurious stuff. Do you think things won't be as good later than they were before? Um, yeah, I mean, that's it's always, of course, hard to predict. I think the hard part right now is kind of we see this light at the end of the tunnel. So we're like trying to predict now, but it's still so impossible to know what will happen. Um, of course, there's a lot of people in New York who, like you said, you know, are more well off and can still afford things. And I think a lot of them will continue to do that. And a lot of designers will continue to play into that and, and make the really expensive and luxury clothing and the high end things. Um, but I think you'll see designers on the flip end too who become more accessible. Uh, you know, a, a lot of designers have started to do that. Christian Siriano being a great example, he's really partnered with a lot of more accessible and lower cost brands to, you know, cater to a wider market and to cater to kind of the everyday woman as opposed to this elitist New York City woman, which a lot of other designers cater to. So I think it'll be just really exciting to see how that kind of goes down in the upcoming months and, you know, into 2021 and then 2022 to see how it continues to change. Um, I, I am a baby boomer, so it was shocking last March when the whole world was turned upside down. I can't imagine what it must be like for a younger person are a lot of younger people totally, you know, their lives, that they've been turned upside down. What's the reaction of younger people to the pandemic? I think it's definitely been hard for a lot of younger people, you know, especially people in high school and college, because as opposed to people who, like me, who are, you know, in their younger 20s, while it's still difficult and, and upsetting in some ways, these kind of people are going through these moments that you won't get again, you know, of course, pivotal high school and college moments that you only get to experience once in life, they're not able to experience them. And so I think it's definitely been challenging for a lot of younger people who now, of course, are stuck learning at home and stuck working at home if they're older and, you know, with their parents or in unfortunate circumstances. I think it's really difficult for them um, just to kind of, you know, pivot their plans in a way that they weren't expecting and to not be able to experience these moments that they were kind of looking forward to all throughout their youth. I think that's definitely been difficult for them. Um, you know, obviously for, for me, it has just been hard in general, but I don't think I'm necessarily missing out on so much. You know, I've already graduated college and, of course, high school, and I've gone through these experiences, so now I'm kind of just in that, like, initial work phase. And so, it hasn't been terribly difficult for me. I'm not going to upplay it. It definitely has been, you know, pretty middle ground for me. But there's definitely a lot of younger people who I know who have been affected by it and, and have definitely gone through difficult circumstances because of it. And it's just a very hard thing to grasp for a lot of people who have been affected. So if people want to learn more about you or read your, your work, how could they do so? 
Yeah, you can find me online. I'm on social media all the time. It's part of my job, so I'm always on social media. Um, and uh, my, you know, usernames are all um, just my name, John Caruso, and then you can find me at Team Vogue and Nylon um, on their websites. My pieces are always there as well. Um, and yeah, and then my book will be out in 2022. So there's a little bit of a, a lead up till then, um, but that's where you can kind of find me until that day comes. Thank you so much. You have been listening to Gianluca Russo. Um, I'm Cynthia Pooler. This is Focus on Albany. And if you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Thank you so much for being on Focus on Albany. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great day.